Greetings friends, it's such a great blessing for me to come to you and serve you with the good news of Jesus Christ and to remind you of His grace and the love that He has towards you and the power of His resurrection wherein you can share in the quality of His life. I would like to just welcome everybody that is watching for the first time. Thank you so much for slotting in. Our web church is all about serving people with the good news of Jesus Christ. If you need somebody to walk this path with you and you need one of our web pastors to contact you, please go to dynamicministries.com, click on the web church tab and then under contact us and just write us an email and say you want to get in connection with a web pastor and we will contact you and just walk this grace road with you. If you need somebody to assist you a little bit. We don't have all the answers, but what we do have is knowledge that God is good. We experience His life and we are willing to walk with you as God gives you the answers for your life. Amen. Let us just pray together as we start the service. Father, I want to thank you that we can be here together. Thank you for your gospel. Thank you that we, that we don't have to rely on our own abilities but we can rely upon you that brings life to us, that makes us share in who you are, that makes us feel what it feels like to have your life and to possess your life. Thank you that it is possible to have the fullness of the Godhead bodily and to be complete in that truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Lord. Spirit of God, Thank you that you speak powerfully through me today, encouraging your people today. Amen and amen. We are in a series wherein I am teaching through Romans, and we are going to start a read from Romans chapter 8. And the famous verse is going to come into discussion today, where it says uh, clearly that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to explain that today. So let us read, or let, let me first uh, talk a little bit about what we're going to learn today. Today we're going to learn that no condemnation does not mean no feelings of guilt when you live under the law. Let me say that again. No condemnation does not mean that there is no more feelings of guilt for you should you be bearing the fruit of the flesh in your life. It doesn't mean that. Uh, we're going to see that walking in the flesh has got nothing to do with the committing of sins or um, walking in the flesh is not defined as committing sins but as something else. Uh, <clears throat> we're also going to see in Romans 8 that minding when we are minding the spirit or minding the flesh it is related to the formation of an opinion according to either the flesh or the spirit it's got to do with an opinion about yourself and about God and your future so when you are spiritually minded it uh, we're going to learn that it has got everything to do with uh, having an opinion of yourself according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. We also, if we have time, we're going to see that the law of the spirit of life manifests in the body of humans as the effect that the spirit of Christ has on the body, leading them to holiness, 
accompanied by eternal life or actually having eternal life as the source of it. So the law of the spirit of life is not just something that is spiritual, but it is the force of God that influences our lives today. Uh, and it is experienced as the fruit of the spirit and in the end, eternal life. Glory to God. So uh, we've got a lot of work to go through, uh, but whatever we get through this this Sunday, we will go through. Um, if we can't finish it, then we're going to go into next Sunday and talk about this. So Romans 8 verse 1 to 9. Let us read together. Uh, before we start, I've received an email and uh, somebody said that they could not open the notes. So I don't know uh, what happened there. But uh, for those of you that could open the notes, um, we're going to read Romans 8 verse 1. I'll just make sure that we resend these to you. Okay, Romans 8 verse 1 to 9. Here we go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And I want you to notice that the who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit is um, in italics italicized then verse 2 for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through my flesh god sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh very interesting there's no condemnation for us why because christ condemned so he's the one, who is the one that condemns? It is Christ. But what does he condemn? He does not condemn us, but he condemns sin in the flesh. Meaning he ends it. Uh, Romans 8 verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That passage many times is also seen as a very condemning passage. People say, well, that means that we will now do the law, uh, which is... It's completely a wrong understanding of that verse. Then verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, that is a lot of uh, theology right there. It is beautiful, should you see what it really says. Now, before I get into verse 1, I just want to say this. I was speaking to my wife and I said to her that when we read the Bible, we find that the Bible is a very complicated book. It is complicated. doesn't matter what we want to say about it. It's complicated. We are talking about cultures that are thousands of years ago, different languages, different ways of thinking, uh, a completely different world than our world, uh, a world where there is no electricity, where there is no running water, where there is no cars, no cell phones, no TV, none of that, uh, a world that, um, that is flooded with myth, uh, 
myths and all those kind of things and different gods uh, to a to a very big extent um, and different like I said cultures and now we read the old writings of thousands of years ago and it has been translated and we we also have our glasses on of our own culture so difficult to think outside of your culture and we interpret all these things and it might become very complicated and difficult to see what is really said and um, I said to her that there is some things in the Bible that will just never be understood by certain people it is just the way it is um, it is just too complicated it is too difficult to see uh, for for many folk there are unlearned folk uh, people that will never understand uh, linguistics uh, yet you need to understand those things in order to understand certain verses in the Bible in its context. But, and this is the beautiful thing about the gospel, the message, once you've understood everything, once you've looked into the culture, once you've seen everything, is very simple. The message is very simple. And that message came, became flesh, and manifested in a form wherein you don't need to have linguistics and understanding in ancient languages and the Hebrew and all those kind of things to understand what's taking place. When you see a man um, that was crucified, that was raised from the dead, uh, in his resurrection he was glorified, taken up into heaven, then appeared again unto Paul and told him that he is the ruler of the world and that he brings life to whosoever trust him. I mean, what more do you need? You don't need anything else but that simple gospel. So as we look into Romans here, we might say, but um, the language, we don't always understand the language and everything. Let me tell you this. As we look at this, all that is going to bring is it's going to bring just a confirmation that the Apostle Paul and the people in Rome and the early church, that they were standing in the simple message that you already believe. And all that it does is, as you see that from Genesis into Exodus, into Leviticus, right through Deuteronomy, into uh, the major and minor prophets, the Psalms, uh, the early church, that there was only one message. As you see the confirmation in all these things, all it does is it just puts a big amen on what you already believe. So if you have believed the simple message, the simple gospel, that Jesus is Lord and he reigns and rules, uh, he, was, he was raised from the dead, and you believe that through his rulership over your life, you will have eternal life and so be saved from whatsoever kills you and have eternal life you have believed that, you have reached the depths of what you can understand from the scriptures. That is it. All context, all Greek, all Hebrew, Aramaic, uh, understanding of history will only confirm that point. That is how beautiful all of this is. So we're just going to look at Romans 8 here and we're going to see how this truth is just seen by Paul and confirmed in the culture of that time. So it says here, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, 
but of the Spirit. Now, when it says here, no condemnation, um, what does that mean? What does that mean? The context is the word therefore, which comes from Romans chapter 7. And you remember last week, we talked about Romans 7, when it says that Paul likened it to a marriage. If you were married to death, um, you know, all you can do, even if you go and flirt with another lady called life, you are still legally married to death and you'll bear the fruit of death. So what he says here, he says uh, in the end of, of chapter 7, he says, who shall save me from this body of death? He says, Jesus Christ will. And he says, because of the resurrection of Jesus and because he's ended uh, my union with death in providing a body that lives forever, I can therefore say, I am not condemned anymore to bear the fruit of death. I am not forced to live by the law of sin and death. I am free from that. I'm not obligated to bring forth death anymore, for I've been set free from death. Jesus entered death, he was raised from the dead, and where he is today as a glorified human in whom the fullness of the Godhead is bodily, where no part of his body uh, can ever be, none of him can be tempted to sin, is above all of that, and I am now in him or standing under his rule, that means that he knows how to aid my weakness, and he knows how to give me life. Therefore, I am not condemned anymore to the life wherein I have to bear the fruit of the flesh and have to enter the, the, the condemnation of de eternal death. I've been set free from that. Let's read Romans 7. I, I should have put it in the notes there, but I didn't. Uh, Romans 7. So no condemnation uh, has got everything to do with being un under, under, the, to, under the condemning law of sin and death. You know, you are, if you've been married to death, you are condemned to bear the fruit of death until your husband's death has died. But other than that, you're going to bear that fruit. You can say, I'm not married to him, go and flirt with someone else. It doesn't matter. In essence, you're still married to death and you will bear that fruit. But God has come in Jesus and he has conquered sin in the flesh and provided eternal life to humans so that as we believe upon him, we bear the fruit of his resurrection by his power and, and we are not condemned anymore. Uh, Romans 7 Let's read the last verses here. It says in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Remember now, he said in the previous passage that whenever I want to do something good, I find that evil is with me. And he came to the bottom line conclusion that the law has showed him that his problem is bigger than what he thought. His problem was not the Gentiles. His problem was a dying body. And then he basically says, O wretched man that I am, who shall save me? from this body um, of this death or the body that is married to death or his own mortal flesh. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
So when he says, I thank God through Jesus, the Christ, our Lord, he immediately has in mind what he will say in Romans 10. And he says that Jesus is Lord, meaning he rules over this death. That's what he says. So then, with a mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of, the sin, of sin and death. He says, there is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So, there is no condemnation. We are not condemned to the life where the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the bad that I don't want to do, that I do, should we not live under the flesh, but under the spirit. And what Paul does here, he says, living in the spirit is to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord. Because when you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord, you believe that he was raised by the Spirit of the Father. The Father raised him, the Holy Spirit raised him up, as Scripture also teaches. And so now you are saying that life comes not from my own works, but life in my flesh comes from the Spirit of God. And should you walk with that mind, then you are not condemned anymore to bear the fruit of the flesh. So, we need to understand that bearing the fruit of the flesh is not something you decide to do, but it is a fruit of a belief. That is what it is. So in my life, should I have any of the fruit of the flesh in my life, all that I do is I go and say, God, thank you that you, that you helped me to focus on Jesus and what he has given me, where I find no confidence in my own ability, but I find my confidence in you. And I find as my mind is renewed unto the truth of what he has done in his death and resurrection, that he, by his power, ends the fruit of the flesh in my life. And that I don't repent of the fruit of the flesh, but I repent of wrong believing. That is what it does. And, and, and to repent of that takes place in God bringing forth the right belief to our to our lives. Now, the passage, some of you that study uh, scripture, but you will see that some translations does not have the part, or they put in italics, the part that says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirits. For they say that that piece is not in the original manuscript. Now, it is in some of the older manuscripts or best manuscripts, they find that it's not there. And there's a lot of a dispute about it. But um, even if it is not in the original, I do believe that one can put those words into that verse as what most of the translators did because of the context. The context allows for those words to be there. And I do believe that the translator when you translate the passage, unless it's a literal translation, like Young's literal translation, we can add things into the scripture should we, given that we're not adding to the word, uh, we're continuing to share the message. So I do believe that it is not wrong to say, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For those who want to live by their own ability, I want to tell you, there is condemnation for you. This word condemnation, we need to just talk a little bit um, about. Because I found that in grace circles, we've 
gone to a point where we say, I mean, people, they would go, come and they would maybe go and get drunk and cheat on their wife or husband. And then after that, they come and say, well, there's no condemnation for me, uh, you know, in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, and then they find that they have to say that on a regular basis to themselves because they actually feeling very guilty about this and they feel condemned. They feel death in themselves. They, f they don't feel life. And then they just continue to say, there's no condemnation for me that I'm in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation for me that I'm in Jesus Christ. The other day I've had a preacher come to my house and um, he said to me, Bertie, a lot of people that preach what you preach, their ministries has gone, gone back backwards and maybe is non-existing anymore. But why is your ministry still going? Why is it that... Um, you know, you are still preaching and you still find people supporting you financially and the ministry is still continuing. And, well, I didn't know what to answer him right there. And I went and uh, thought about this, prayed about this, and it came to mind, to, to my mind, that uh, in the grace message, there are a, a move, if you want to call it like that, wherein we teach about no condemnation, saying you don't have to feel guilty when you've done something bad. And uh, it is a message which is preached as, well, we are not guilty anymore, and that is all that it is about. It is not a message about how God brings forth fruit effortlessly into your life. And I think that brings people to a place where um, they have not truly understood the gospel, and they finding a lifestyle that, brings a lot of guilt to them. I find a lot of people, they, uh, they got into uh, the message of grace and then they started to believe everybody is saved and they started to believe none of our works matter, uh, started to believe that they can be uh, sexually immoral for there's no condemnation for us. And even if I would go and correct them, they would say you are judgmental and you're law-minded. And uh, at the end of the day, you find that their lives are falling apart and then they become atheists, uh, Buddhists, don't believe in God anymore. They've changed their whole, th their whole perspective. But I believe that it has also a lot to do with not understanding what no condemnation means. Paul described a condemned life as a life that's under the severe sentence of death which was then described in Romans 7 as a life wherein you find your confidence in the flesh. And in Paul's context, I preached it last Sunday. It was, I stand as a Jew before God, wherein I've got access to the law. And then through the law, I've got a pathway unto life. So, um, and when he engaged his flesh, he was under the sentence of death. And then he was also a person that hated that kind of life. He would say, well, I don't want to live like this. Who will save me from this body of death? For I desire a life that is not flooded with concupiscence and, and all those kind of things. And then God showed him that he had that life by the resurrection of Jesus. So I want to say this. We cannot confuse the word condemn with the word guilty. If you've lived, if you're a Christian, the, the, the Bible says in Romans 8, we'll still get to that passage, uh, that for those who are in Christ, 
the spirit is life and the flesh is death. So even if you are in Christ, you cannot go back to the law, back to Judaism, because what it, and confidence in your own ability. For should you do that, you will find that you start to do things that's contrary to what you really want to do and how you really want to live. That is what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Now he comes to Romans chapter 8 and he says, Thank God that through Jesus we never ever have to rely upon our own ability. We rely upon the ability of the resurrected Jesus. And his spirit then brings forth fruit in our lives. That's what Paul says. But I want to say, and I've experienced this in my own life, should you live, want to live under I'm going to sort this out. It's by my ability. I can promise you, uh, within a very short period of time, you're going to start to see the fruit of the flesh in your life, and then you're going to start, and with, accompanied with the fruit of the flesh, is feelings of guilt. Feelings of guilt. And you'll be a Christian, and you will believe in Jesus, but if you're legalistic and you want to live by the law, your life will be flooded with feelings of guilt. And people, I would say, the, the only ones that wouldn't feel feelings of guilt is the narcissist. You know, because, um, you know, he is, he is, is uh, in his brain the area that feels emotions of guilt and that he can be wrong. And empathy and compassion, those things are dead in his brain. It doesn't really work. So uh, he will then, uh, the, only the narcissist under the law feels no guilt or very little guilt, but the rest of us, we will feel guilty, man. We're going to feel what I've done is not right. I'm going to feel I don't qualify. I'm going to feel I'm not good enough. I'm going to try and justify myself. Your life is going to be flooded with that. So when Paul comes and he says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, he does not mean that there's no feelings of guilt for Christians who who bears the fruit of the flesh in their lives by being legalistic in areas of their lives. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that there's no bad feeling if I have murdered somebody. I'm using a, a, a severe example here, but if you have lied, and you have, you've straightforward lied about something, and you're now a grace believer, let me tell you something, you're going to feel a feeling of guilt. You're going to feel bad. If you've been sexually immoral, you're going to feel bad, man. It is just the way it's going to be. But the beautiful new news is this, that you don't have to be condemned. You're not condemned to a life anymore where you habitually have to feel bad, for there is now a new way of life. It is trust in the resurrected Jesus who will then bring forth a life in you that has his fruit. It would just be foolish to say to somebody that lies, don't, uh, there's no condemnation for you, meaning you don't ever have to feel guilty about what you've done. Even if you say that to him, he will still feel guilty. Because I feel that that, that, that guilty feeling inside a person is also part of our, what we would call, a spiritual nerve system. When I start to feel guilt about something, uh, when I feel guilty in I'm, I'm maybe not uh, supporting my wife or my children or something, or I feel guilty because I spend too much time watching TV. In our house, we, we don't even have a TV that's connected to any satellite or whatever. But 
Um, if, if that is the case, I start to feel guilt there. To me, I don't want to shun that feeling and say, no, 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 I'm not supposed to feel guilty. I'm just saying, why am I feeling this? I would actually say, um, Lord, uh, uh, as I walk in grace, this is not part of, emo of my emotions, but obviously somewhere I'm, I'm living by works righteousness or something. I'm finding my identity not in you. And I don't want to just shun it. It's like pain. You know, if I feel pain, I go to the doctor. If I feel guilt in any form or fashion, I don't try and shun the feeling of guilt and saying, uh, well, there's no guilt for me because I'm a Christian and I'm in Jesus. Because the word no condemnation doesn't mean no feeling of guilt should you be bear, bearing the fruit of the flesh. You know, so, uh, and then I go and I pray about it and the Lord shows me his truth and then you feel so much better. There was something recently that happened in my life and I was, uh, you know, and I was feeling guilty about certain things. And then I was trying to justify, uh, justify myself and saying, well, you know, I've only meant good, uh, this, 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 and, and, but look at the bad thing. And, and there was a, a kind of a guilt about it, but I didn't know how to think about this thing. And then I went to God, prayed to God about it, was honest in my heart, and the Lord showed me a way wherein I could look at this and I tell you, all forms of guilt is removed because I have now seen this in the light of the grace of God. I've got God's view and opinion about this now. And now the guilt is re removed from me by the power of God. In God correcting how I see things and believe things. So I want to say this again. When the Bible says there is no condemnation or no feelings of guilt or no frustration for those uh, who, who are in Christ Jesus doesn't mean that if you've once in your life said uh, Jesus is my Lord that um, that it does that you can feel happy and joy doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't mean that I can promise you now um, if if you're a father and you go and ill-treat your child, even if you are in Jesus, believing in Jesus, you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel, I've done something wrong. It is how it is. If you're a father and you, you, you get legalistic and you, um, you start to shout and cuss in the house and swear at your wife or, or things like that, and you're a husband and you do that, as a Christian that are in Christ, I want to tell you, you will have feelings of guilt. You will feel, I've been wrong. This shouldn't have been there. And to use Romans chapter 8 to say there's no condemnation for me, I don't have to feel guilty about this, would simply be a gross uh, a twisting of that scripture into something that it is not. Uh, what, you, what happens is, when that has happened, you can go to God and say, I have now uh, swear at my wife. I've been ill-treating my children, uh, I didn't do certain things right, and I want to just say that I feel, I've got, I, I get the feeling of a life that doesn't belong to you, and Lord, in you I am not condemned to a life wherein I swear at my wife, where I uh, beat my children all day, or all those kind of things. No, uh, I'm not condemned to that in, in Christ, so I want to see, Lord, 
Uh, I want to see how I am in you. I thank you, Lord, that you remove any form of legalism, any form of self-justification from me. Speak to me, God, because clearly I can see that I must have been walking in my own ability to bring forth this fruit. I want to rest in you. I want to see the Sabbath day. I want to see the rest in your rulership over my life. Uh, you know, so... Um, it might be that something wrong happened and, 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 and I saw the wrong, but I didn't go back and rest in God solving the wrong, but I just went in by my own power trying to fix that. And it just brought the fruit of the flesh. So let us go uh, and just look at that again. It says there's no condemnation. Uh, and that word condemnation there, um, you find the definition there in your notes. It means adverse sentence or a verdict a sentence and that this comes and word condemnation comes right from chapter 7 where there is a sentence by the law that should you be married to the flesh or your own ability you are sentenced to bring forth fruit unto death but we are who are in christ who has stepped away from the law and now believed in the resurrected jesus and his glorified uh, uh, human flesh as and in him as the man that now rules over my flesh and gave me place in his body whereby his power he heals me for me I am not condemned to bear the sentence of death in the flesh or sin in the flesh anymore I am now condemned if you want to call it like that to bear the fruit of the spirit and this is, as long as what I don't go back to the old law. Remember the context of Romans. Paul is writing, he's got the Gentiles in his mind, but he's kind of beating up on the Jews a bit, and the Gentiles standing next to him, pointing the finger, saying, yes, you Jews, you messed up, and you wanted to live by the flesh, and all those kind of things. And just in the end of Romans, you're going to find him turning on the Gentiles and saying, but you are busy with the very same thing as what these Jews were busy with. You're trying to live by your own power and you find your identity in being a non-Jew and think that that qualifies you for the life of God. It doesn't. Uh, so that is the context. And he comes in Romans 7 and he says to these people, you are living by the law and I don't want you to go back to the law. To all you Jews that want to preach to the Gentiles that they must follow the law, I want to tell you, I went back to the law. I believed in Jesus for a time. Then I went back to the law and I discovered that when I'm confident in my own flesh, when I start to walk by the flesh, I find that this flesh body and, and be living in the mortal body, I experience death. I will still experience death. So we're never going back to that. We're only going to believe in the resurrected Jesus. He says, who will save me from being condemned to a life wherein I bear the fruit of the flesh? I thank God through Christ. So now I'm not minded anymore that I'm a Jew and that I have to follow the law. I am minded that the resurrected Jesus is now the one who lords it over me and he condemned sin in the flesh by providing another way unto life and so i can bear the fruit of the spirit 
That is what Paul is saying. To make it practical, um, when Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, what that means is, should you feel guilty, should you see the fruit of the flesh in your life, what you can do is you can go to God and say, God, somewhere in my life I don't find my identity in who I am in you and I've relied upon my own flesh. Very interesting. You don't even have to know where you've done that. That is irrelevant. All you want to do is you want to know what he says about you. And as you discover that and as he reveals that to you, you find that his life brings forth fruit in you. Well, we, are, we have run out of time and um, I just conclude this. Uh, I just can, can, can end the message this way. That we as believers in Jesus is not condemned anymore to the place where the good that we want to do, we cannot do. And the bad that we don't want to do, we will do. The reason why we are not condemned to that is because we have no confidence in our own ability to try and produce good. We are standing under the jurisdiction of the resurrected Jesus, whose job it is to bring forth fruit in us, even eternal life. He has given his spirit of life unto us, and we are now led by the spirit of life, and we are therefore called the sons of God. And glory to God. The question would arise, what if I see any of the bad fruit in my life? Paul's life is an example of that in Romans 7. Then he just comes to the realization again. Let me see who I am in Christ and not try and sort this area out uh, certain things out in my life by human ability and flesh that is it thank you so much for uh, watching and allowing me to serve you with this message today next sunday we will continue with the good news and bring you the gospel of god's grace as we go into the verse um two three four up to verse eight we'll just take it slowly but we're going to go through this and make sure all of you understand this thank you so much for watching thank you so much for those of you on youtube that put a like on this uh, video it it just causes more people to see it and watch it uh, remember you are loved by god he embraces you with all of his being and gives you his peace amen